Hello and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we've done this before. I'm Emily. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. And I know it doesn't sound like we've done this before. But trust us, we have. <laughs> um, hi. So I didn't mention it last episode because we recorded super early and I didn't even think about it, but this is our Halloween series. It is? Well, uh, the last one came out Wednesday of this week, and then the next one's going to come out on the 26th. So it's as close as we're going to get. So it's probably. Halloween. Uh, I didn't plan it well. Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> um, yeah, we've recorded this episode once before, like, two weeks ago, but then Skype was like, oh, nope, and didn't record any of it, and our schedules have been not lining up, so it's been a thing. <sighs> Oh, you look excited. That was some face. That was uh, my inner being coming out through my face. Oof. Uh, Much like you're being exercised. Exactly. Through my face. Uh, That's, I would assume that's how demons usually get out. I mean, according to Supernatural, it's usually through the mouth, which I don't know if that's the most efficient, but. Well, I mean, it's the orifices, so nose, mouth, ears. They never show a demon going in somebody's ass. Vagina. But that doesn't, that's like a dead end, though. Not technically, it still goes inside. Yeah, but I mean, it ends in the uterus. If you go in, like, the butt, you could technically come out of the mouth after a little- Well, I mean, the uterus has to go to the- Is that just not connected to anything? kind of its own system it's got like blood vessels that the demon could like spread through your veins I well you're but... well, i guess your esophagus goes all the way th- like That's and then out saying. and then like, <laughs> yeah you're like a whole tube top to bottom front to back just one really long tube that ends in an ass that's all we are <laughs> like if it wasn't for your intestines being like twisty and curvy you could shine a light in your mouth and the light would come out of your asshole and that's been this episode of Afternoonified. Tune in next time. <laughs> For Ryan attempts to shine a light through her asshole. That, that's going to be a paid podcast. That's going to be for the Patreon we don't have. We'll, we'll save that for, for our next live show. Surprise! <laughs> it's, there's no mics. There's no stage setup. It's just you walk on stage and I follow with like a mag light. Yeah. I take off a bathrobe, I'm fully naked, I bend over, <laughs> you shine a light in my mouth, and it comes out of the ass, and shines like a spotlight on the wall that says, Welcome to Afternoonified! Perfect. <laughs> so that's that planned. Glad we got that out of the way. Um, I know I briefly mentioned it, but the topic up for discussion this week is exorcisms. Not demons, um... We'll do a specific demon show later, but specifically exorcisms. Yeah, how you get rid of them demons. Uh, exorcise the demons. Yeah, that, I knew you would do it if I tried. Yep. I didn't even have to be successful. I knew you'd do it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard not to. Uh, I have broken this up into my usual who, what, when, where. Well, not where, because it's everywhere. But uh, how. Well, how is it be- in your asshole is the where we decided. We're not, we're not exercising any butt demons. I'm sure there are butt demons. <laughs> but 
also sure there's a really bad joke in there, but I can't make it. Uh, joke about poops? I didn't even think about poops. This opened so many doors. I was thinking more about farts. Ah, yes. The prelude. <laughs> the the pre-pood. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it has been a long week. <laughs> We've already talked about poops, buttholes, intestines. We got, we got graphic with buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. We talked about vaginas, the uterus. We have already gone for it, and we are what two minutes? Three minutes? I don't know. I my computer's been recording for the last uh, seventeen minutes, so oh, mine mine's been recording for eight. So, um, so we're gonna start with what because I don't know. Some people might not know what they are. I don't know where they've been, but yeah, I mean, um, if someone's been like stuck in a hole for the last you know, 20 years, and they come out, and the first thing they listen to is this podcast and want them to know. I mean, exorcisms existed long before 20 years ago, but... I know, but if someone... I was assuming it would be, like, a 20-year-old, you know? Okay, so they were born in the hole. Like, someone born in captivity, you know? Okay, ooh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so if that kid from the uh, room is listening... Yeah, we'll explain what an exorcism is. And if kids have overly religious parents, that means they're more likely to know. That's probably so. They probably uh, the, <laughs> the formal definition is uh, defined as the expulsion or attempt at the <laughs> exorcism is defined as the expulsion or attempt attempted expulsion from. Uh, but I can't fucking talk today of an <laughs> evil spirit from a person or place, oh. um, person or place. Because sometimes, I mean, obviously houses can be possessed. But I feel like at that point it's not really an exorcism, it's like a cleansing. Um, like it would have no, to have a different name. No, I mean, you're forcibly removing something, you're exercising it. I suppose. I think it's a cleansing if it's a spirit, but if it's a demon, it's an exorcism. Okay, fair enough. Alright, I can handle that. Um, so depending on the spiritual beliefs of the, of the exorcist, this may be done by causing the entity to swear an oath, an oath, <laughs> an oath, perform an elaborate ritual, or simply by commanding it to depart in the name of a higher power. The practice is ancient and part of the belief system of many cultures and religions. All right. Um, a lot of people think it's, like, just a Catholic-specific thing, but almost every religion has, like, their version of an exorcism. So there's, like, Jewish exorcisms? Correct. Uh, there's actually a whole movie about Jewish exorcisms, but I can't remember what? the name of it. Yeah. What? Uh, it's on Netflix. What? It's, it's, uh, got, it's got Modest Yahoo in it. Of course it has Modest Yahoo in it. Who um, else would be in it? Yeah, so we're going to focus mainly on the Catholic and Christian exorcisms because those are the ones that like pop up most in um, Western films and shows, which that reminds me, I'm like five episodes behind on The Exorcist this season. Oh, I always forget they make that made that into a TV show. Yeah, John Cho is in this season. John Cho. Harold, from, of Harold and Kumar. Oh, John Cho! John Cho? <laughs> John Cho! Yeah. Um, so the the who, um, specifically who does them, uh, exorcists. <laughs> wow, you're really specific. Uh, exorcists are trained priests. Um, they are specifically trained. There is a special school in Italy that priests can attend where they learn proper procedure. 
I don't know if it's required, but I think it's strongly encouraged. That being said, I came across when I was doing my research some asshole named Bob Larson who runs the International School of Exorcism. It's like a legit thing. It's an online school. No, no. It's it's the Phoenix University of of exorcism. I took a screen cap of his website, so this is going to be fun. Uh, It says here, limited time pricing reduces the cost of the entire curriculum. Apprentice, warrior, and exorcist levels to $500 total. That's still a shitload of money. You can learn how to exorcise demons for the low, low price of $500. Of way too much fucking money. What's this dude's name? Uh, Bob Larson. Like a douchebag. So, the apprentice level, you learn casting out demons in the gospel, exorcism in the apostolic, that's the word, apostolic age, early church exorcisms, post-Constantine exorcisms, and it is regularly $995. Jesus fuck. I hope this guy's actually making a lot of money doing this, because I bet all of his friends told him he was a fucking dumbass for starting this. Um, Warrior level. Keys to Spiritual Warfare, Catholic Exorcisms, Satan and Origin of Evil, Organizations of Demons, Legal Rights, Strongholds and Curse Breaking, regularly $995. Uh, how many Ex- levels are there? Three. Oh. Exorcist level, Inner Healing, Multiple Personalities, Psychology of Exorcisms, Angelic Assistance, How to Do an Exorcism. So you don't actually even learn till course three. No, it's theory. Um, regularly $995. Uh, Ryan, could you break out a calculator and run the tape on what full regular cost of this would be? So they're each nine ninety five. Nine ninety five. I can't find my calculator. You're literally oh, holding a phone. No, I'm holding an iPad and I don't know where I put my oh. calculator on it. It's the button that's shaped like a calculator. I found it. <laughs> 995 times 3 is $2,985 so for the low low p- price of 3 grand you can be an online educated oh no you can do them all for $500 oh yeah that's right yeah, so what is that like a 75% saving man Woo, I don't know what that is I don't know how to do that 75 wait so oh no that's too much math yeah, I started to think about it. Was like, ooh, no, and then stopped thinking about it. I literally just add numbers and write checks all day, so this is more than my brain can handle. Yeah, I just make Excel do all of the math for me. Is that a plant? Yeah. <laughs> I'm tending to my succulents while we talk. Uh, you should really do that in private. You don't want to watch me tend to my succulents? Nope. Um... So, yeah, if you pay for advance in all for all three of these levels, it's 500 bucks. Um, you can study at your own pace anytime, anywhere. All new training Bob Larson has never taught before. That's promising. Oh, yeah, that's, I wouldn't be proud of that. Teaching videos available to any iOS or Android mobile device or computer. Well, at least he's in the technology age. <laughs> Um, click here to go to the web store and enroll. After you pay for your tuition, the office will contact you with your school credentials. The office. It's him in his living room. Let's be honest. Uh, 
the asterisk, qualifying applicants may finance these courses using PayPal's Bill Me Later six-month no-interest service. So I'm going to do the math on this one. What's the monthly price for learning how to exercise demons? It is six low payments of 8333. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> don't question my math. Um, yeah, so you can learn how to be an exorcist online, but don't do it because that guy's full of shit. Agreed. So, Are we trying uh, to get him on the show? We should have brought him in for an interview. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he'd be a cool guy. Uh, Bob Larson? Yeah. Bob Larson. I want to say it with like a Midwestern accent, but I don't really need the shit that I would get from our Midwestern fans. Yeah, I always want to say it. Well, always. Like, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I want to make it like Bob Larson instead of Bob Larson. <laughs> Bob Larson. Larson. Bob Larson. <laughs> Bob Larson. <laughs> Um, that was actually Paul Blart's given family name, but they changed it when they came over to Ellis Island. Exactly. And this is his brother. Uh, so we talked about who does the exorcisms, trained priests. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about, uh, who can be possessed. Because that's a thing. So other um, people that cannot be possessed? Well, I mean, I think everybody, it's an equal opportunity thing. Some people are just more susceptible to it. Like, more people are susceptible more people are susceptible to, like, joining a cult. That's true. Okay. Fair enough. enough. So, possession occurs because demons see the possession and degradation of a human soul to be the ultimate middle finger to God, uh, who created humans in his alleged image. Oh. Yep. They target demons, target weak people physically and spiritually, Uh, people who have a lot of doubt or lack control in their lives, uh, these are the same people who, like, join cults, too, which is, um, the demons will lie to their target and say whatever they need to in order to gain permission to take over. It's kind of, it's also, like, people who are susceptible to poltergeist activity. Yeah, it's all kind of the same type. Um, well, yeah, and up. we also see a lot of, uh, portrayals of possessed people as, like, young girls or women, which is really just a shitty device to show, like, how the ultimate innocence can be perverted by evil and blah, blah, blah. Usually is, Ryan. Usually is. The world is. And then that being said, children and teenagers are, like, slightly more gullible. Okay. okay. So that's that's why, the like, most exorcism movies are teenage girls. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or children. Mean- have their imagination intact also a little bit psycho not used to all the hormones yeah i mean that's kind of why the exorcist worked because she was like 13 mm-hmm. um so children um also the church theoretically cannot and will not perform an exorcism on someone who is ill physically or mentally um, in order to have an exorcism approved, like, actually legitly approved, the subject has to undergo medical testing and mental evaluation. Hmm. But so, they, would, they would end up coming up crazy on any test if they said, I think I have a demon in me. They're gonna come up crazy. That's true. I, this was probably put into place because exorcisms have been performed on people with, like, autism, schizophrenia, epilepsy, um, and... You know, that kind of stuff. And they present themselves with symptoms that can look like possession. Well, I guess. So it's just basically the church, like, trying to save space. Yeah, I mean, they're covering their butts is basically what's happening. Okay. 
still, that means we're never going to have exorcisms anymore because you would definitely fail a mental health exam if you told them, I think there's demons in me. Well, yeah, I mean, that does point pretty heavily to schizophrenia, but... I would think so. Especially with all that religious iconography, you know? Demons. Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, that concept of, like, the devil being, like, a an entity, like a... I'm not even going to ask. Uh, like, an, a real entity, like a, a physical being, uh, came more into play with films portraying it than it was, like, in the Middle Ages. Like, Satan and Lucifer were a concept. More, like, more abstract? Yeah. Not really, like, a person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Is that really the right page? Yeah. My notes are double-sided, so... Um. Anyway, if you're kind of skeptical on whether possession can exist, like, you're correct. Uh, the church also takes seriously the possibility that most people with possession-like affliction would not necessarily be possessed, but might just exhibit disturbing symptoms. Chances are you will never, ever, 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 ever see a possessed person. I mean, yeah, because I don't think possession, like, really exists, so I yeah. don't anticipate seeing any. Um, I don't necessarily believe in possession by demons, but since I do kind of believe in ghosts, I don't know. It's hard. I'm, I, it's a weird thing. I definitely have had my, like, religious and spiritual and all of that, like, beliefs questioned in the course of doing this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I came into this podcast like, yeah, poltergeists are real, but I don't think poltergeists, at least in the way that they're portrayed a lot, are real. Um, and stuff. This episode also changed my views on possession, but anyway. Uh, the catechism... Hollywood. Yeah. The catechism of the Catholic Church speaks to the importance of knowing the difference between mental illness and demonic actions. Exorcism is directed at the expulsion of demons or to the liberation from demonic possession through the spiritual authority which Jesus entrusted to his church. Illness, especially psychological illness, is a very different matter. Treating this is the concern of medical science. Therefore, before an exorcism is performed, it's important to ascertain that one is dealing with the presence of the evil one, capital E, capital O, and oh, not an illness. That sounds like a Voldemort, is what they're trying to say. Uh, well, Voldemort did possess um, some people. Oh, really? We're talking about Voldemort here. We yeah. Get Harry Potter on it. Which I always do. I know. We can um, bring a uh, Room requirement 237 on this. Caitlin. Them to weigh in. Randall, will you weigh in on this? Yeah. Fan theory. Voldemort's a demon. I like it. Alright, so that is the who. Are we gonna go to when? Yeah. How when what? What are we winning? When? Um I mean, when do you do it? Oh. Well, preferably as soon as possible, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, um and then Sidebar, um, exorcisms have been performed as long as there's been, like, a Bible. Like, Jesus fucking did it in the Bible. Hey, I didn't know that. Uh, there was this whole, like, pig possession, the legion for we are many thing. Do you remember did that? Did you just say pig possession? Yeah. Um, he no, took- I can't say I remember this. Okay. Uh, from what I remember, uh, there was a man who was possessed, or a woman, it doesn't fucking matter, uh, Jesus was like, uh, hey, can you, like, not be in this person anymore? And 
the demon the demon said something blah 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 they call me legion for we are many and it's like oh shit there's a lot of demons in this person and he basically cast the demons into a flock of pigs who all ran off a cliff that's really mean to pigs i mean i didn't write the bible ryan if i was jesus i would do things I just, I need to take a moment to tell our listeners that in the space that I've been talking about this, Brian has completely covered her face with yellow tape. Washi tape. (laughs) It started with one and then I decided it was really fun and I wanted to see how many I could put on my face. Um, I'm going to go ahead and like take a picture so I can um, share this on Twitter when it's not a Twitter boycott day. Oh yeah. It's been really difficult for me, but it's for... All right, so Ryan is covered in tape, and um, so exorcisms happened in the Bible, but they weren't, like, a huge deal until, like, the 70s when a certain film came out, and Christians and Catholics started using that as an example of what happens if you open your soul to evil or whatever. I'm only on page two of my notes. Like, if you keep this up, you're just going to be completely covered in tape by the end of this podcast. Challenge accepted. Good good work on your uh, Halloween costume. Keeping me, keeping my hands busy. I enjoy it. Yeah, just keep that on until the 31st and you can go as mustard. <laughs> you know, it actually has a really cute pattern on it. It's, like, geometric. Uh, it almost looks like flowers from here. Kind of. I don't know. Can you see it on my face? <laughs> <laughs> the, the picture quality is not great. Okay, so that's the when. And now, we're into the exciting part. The how? Yeah! Who, what, when, where, why? Wait, why? Because there's demons in them. Okay, how? I feel like I talked about why. No, I didn't. The Y was on the back of the page with Bob Larson, and I just, like, completely fucking skipped it. We need to know why. Why do demons possess teenage girls? I mean, we kind of know. Okay, but, so like, why? What's the demon's motive? So I watched a documentary called Hostage of the Devil, um, and a priest on the documentary gave some criteria for knowing or believing that someone's actually possessed. So, uh, in human strength... Speak in languages, particularly dead languages, that the person did not know when unaffected. Fear of sacred things. And knowledge of things beyond your scope of reasonable knowledge. So he said that the first three things could be faked um, and aren't as good of an indicator. So, like, you can somehow fake that you have inhuman strength. Or you can, like, speak in some Russian, like, that you've learned it. You know what I mean? Um, And, like, you can definitely pretend that you're scared of sacred things. He believes that the final one, the knowledge of things beyond your scope of reasonable knowledge, uh, is very telling, especially if it's personal information of the exorcist or someone associated with the exorcist. Um, Well, yeah, kind of like in The Exorcist when uh, Linda Blair's character, like, was talking about the priest's mom who had just, like, died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Father Cyprian DeMeo, who has been an exorcist since 1952, told the Italian Catholic News, not nudes, agency, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the Italian Catholic News Agency, that the key to telling whether you're possessed or suffer from some other possibly mental illness is that your reaction to the exorcist himself and the prayers being offered. 
So he says he specified that the exorcist will usually say, and I quote, a prolonged prayer to the point where if the adversary, Lucifer, the adversary, like it's a battle, yeah, is present, it is a battle. Um, is present, there's a reaction. A possessed person has various general attitudes towards an exorcist who is seen by the adversary as an enemy ready to fight him. So you know you're possessed when, like, you see a priest and it makes you uncomfortable, which, I mean, by that logic, I am possessed. Yeah, I mean, you said fear of religious iconography, and I was like, well, cool, all right, got that. Me and well, you religious doing iconography is... have knowledge outside of our reasonable scope, therefore... We got that. Although I wouldn't We're, necessarily say I'm inhumanly strong. But oh, I mean, it's not like there. it's not like personal knowledge of people that we have. We just know a lot of shit about a lot of stuff. Or no, we know a little bit of shit about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's probably more accurate. I'm just gonna start taking this off. <laughs> well, I mean, it's gonna really get rid of that top layer of skin for you. No, that's not so apparently you got stroke. Um, this is real good though, because I did my neck and then realized when I scrunch it, I've got like I could like play the fish on it. I do. I wasn't still doing music class in high school. I wasn't. <laughs> so if you are possessed, you are likely to experience an unsettling reaction to the Exorcist prayer, which is like the, you know, cliff notes on that. Wait, um, give, me, give me the rundown on that. Is that the? Uh, no, that's a classical music song. What? I was going to say In the Hall of the Mountain King, and I was like, no, that's a song. That one, yeah. Hall of the Mountain King has nothing to do with exorcisms. I feel like they say Hall of the Mountain King in one of the prayers, don't they? I mean, no, they do not. I didn't print any... As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, uh, that's from a psalm or from Revelation. It's a psalm. <sighs> uh, but I did not print any litanies or prayers because I didn't think I'd need them. You don't know the Exorcist prayer in my head. It's not a prayer; it's just a Bible passage. Same, same thing. You don't know the Exorcist words. No, I've never had to exorcise anyone. They don't teach you that in Catholic school. Uh, they kind of did a little, but. We didn't really dwell on it. Okay. That's the why. Because there's a demon in you, and you've proven that there's a demon in you. That's fair enough. So tell me about the how! Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's the how. With Jesus. I think after all this taping, I took out a lot of hair. So the how. In January 1999, the Vatican issued a revised exorcism rite to be used by Catholic priests. The directions for conducting an exorcism comprise a single section in the Roman ritual, one of the books describing the official rites of the Roman Catholic Church. Prior to 1999, the official exorcism rite dated back to 1614. It had not been updated in over 300 years. Oh my god, that's too many. Too many. Yes, they were using 300-year-old rights. Uh, that's like us, you know, going word for word by the Constitution, even though it was written. Oh, wait. <laughs> Shit changes. You gotta update your business. And even the Catholic Church was on top of that. Yeah. People get on your shit. Good. Okay. To perform the rite, the exorcist dresses in his surplice and purple stole. So that's like, if I remember correctly. The the surplus is that white kind of like 
floaty thing that you put over the cassock. What is the cassock? The black dress. Oh. The standard oh, priest oh, uniform. Oh, it's like the, the apron nightgown looking thing. Yeah, it looks like an old-timey nightgown. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. A, and the stole is like a purple scarf. Why don't they just call it that? Nightdress, scarf, and... Surplus and stole dress. sound more mystical and fancy. We don't live in mystical, fantastical times. Like Sometimes we need a little bit of whimsy, Ryan. <laughs> It's a fucking dress, okay? It's a fucking dress. Robe. Only if it's open in the front, which it's not. And if it's open in the back, it's a snuggie. Moving it, on. It fun. buttons up the front. The the cassock does. The surplus is an over-the-head thing. The surplus is the um, white one? Or is the cassock the white one? The cassock is the black one. Cassock, surplus. Oh, like surplus and sex dress. Well, and surplus then, with an I, but yeah. What's the first thing called? A stole. Stole? Yeah. Probably because that's what he did when he took it off of his grandmother's table. Oh my god. <laughs> it is a table runner. Um, so, Jesus. The ritual of exorcism is mostly a series of prayers, statements, and appeals. Appeals? Like, please? Appeals. Please? Yeah. Ask nicely, and you shall receive. I don't think that's how exorcisms are supposed to work, but I'll take uh, These prayers are loosely broken down into the imploring formula in which the priests ask God to free the subject from the devil. And I quote, God, whose nature is ever merciful and forgiving, accept our prayer that this servant of yours, bound by the fetters of sin, may be pardoned with your loving kindness. Unquote. Mm. Well, it sounds like some whiny bitch shit to me. And the imperative formula, in which the priest demands in the name of God that the devil leave the subject's body. And I quote, depart then, impious one, depart, accursed one, depart with all your deceits, for God has willed that man shall be his temple, unquote. To put it in something people might understand a little more easily, the power of of price. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. So you just kind of switch back between like, hey, God, help me out and get the fuck out. Well, whatever works. Does it actually technically say in the Bible that your body is a temple? I don't know. I haven't really read the Bible cover to cover. Hmm. Um, although, in lieu of putting an ad at the end of this episode, go to the River City Podcast Federation webpage and find Reading the Bible with Dan. Maybe he'll answer that question. Dan Weber will help you find your way. So, I guess we're going to cover the stages of possession now. Or, like, the stages of exorcism? Is that kind of like AA? Like, recovering? No. It is like yeah, the 12-step no, program. Yeah, EA. Exorcisms Exorcism. Anonymous? Yeah. Wouldn't it be, pose- like, Possessions Anonymous? But PA doesn't have a ring to it. Sorry, I gotta go to pop. Go to my 12 <laughs> steps. Gotta get rid of um, the thing. Gotta pick this. Si- there's six steps. Uh, so the first step is the presence. The exorcist and his assistants become aware of an alien feeling or entity. Alien feeling or alien filling? Feeling. I know, I slurred it. <laughs> oh, this one's got an alien filling. <laughs> it's just, it's a donut filled with green slime. I don't know. Get this out of here. This is an exorcism. 
Um, pretense. Attempts by the evil spirit to appear and act as the victim to be seen as one and the same person. Um, the exorcist's first job is to break this pretense and find out who the demon really is. Naming the demon is the most important first step. Naming the demon, having the demon's name gives you power over the demon, um, because then you can directly call it out. I think that concept played a really big part in The Conjuring Part 2, and also in The Last Exorcism, sort of. Um, If it absolutely does not give its name... Well, no, it's not going to give you its name. Like, you have to kind of look at the evidence and what's going on, and, like, certain demons will be responsible for certain things. And Oh, then you gotta bust out the research. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta read. You gotta guess, like, a game of Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin uh, was the game, though. Sorry. So, the yeah. Rumpelstiltskin was the dude. Yeah, but His game was saying. being a dick. Okay, well, then it's like playing a game of being a dick. <laughs> Uh, step or like stage three um, is breakpoint. The moment when the demon's pretense finally collapses, a scene of extreme panic and confusion is accompanied by a crescendo of abuse, horrible sights, noises, and smells. The demon begins to speak of the possessed victim in the third person instead of as itself. So it'll start. Yeah, third person. Um, this would be the stage where, like, the bed starts shaking and, like, they puke green soup and um, there are flies and st- stuff smells like butts. Does it just, like, make the person mad fart? Like, No, I mean, I think it just emanates, like, a smell. Like, you know how your body will stink if you, like, have eaten a lot of onions and, like... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just emanates a stink. Hmm. Yeah. Stage four, the voice. Mondays at eight. <laughs> uh, it's also a sign of the break point. The voice is a nord. The voice is a nord. Or nord. Why can't I say this fucking word? Inordinately. The voice is inordinately disturbing and humanly distressing babble. Um, which also applies to the television show, for being honest. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I would say that pretty much sums it up. The demon's voices must be silenced for the exorcism to proceed. That seems like some bullshit. Why do they have to be quiet? That's the other thing I've never understood on the movies. Why does the demon have to shut up and keep talking? No, because if it keeps talking, then it can call in backups and it's really distracting. I suppose. I just think he's pretty easy. And if he's talking, he's not actively listening to you. Why does he have to? Why can't you just say it in his general direction? And it well, because so it's not the it's not the words. Like you have to, it ha- he has to hear you when you tell him to get out, or else he won't get out. So you're like actually trying to like scare him out. Yeah, you're, the word. It's not just like he hears the words and like he gets lifted out of the oh, body. See, I always thought it was more of like a spell thing. You're just watching too much Supernatural. Probably. Stage five, the clash. (laughs) I'm out of jokes. Um, As the voice dies out, there's a tremendous pressure, both spiritual and physical. The demon has collided with, and I quote, the will of the kingdom, unquote. The exorcist, locked in battle with the demon, urges the entity to reveal more information about itself as the exorcist's holy will begins to dominate. 
As mentioned above, there is a direct link between the entity and place, as each spirit wants a place to be. For such spirits, habitation of a living victim is preferable to hell. I mean, it's hell. I can understand that. Can't blame yeah, that, them, really. You really. That story checks out. Yeah. Um. And stage six, expulsion. Expulsion? Expulsion. In a supreme triumph of God's will, the spirit leaves in the name of Jesus. Go Jesus. Jesus. Leave in the the name of Jesus. And the victim is reclaimed. All present feel the presence dissipating. Sometimes with receding noises or voices. The victim may remember the ordeal or may not have any idea what has happened. So those are the stages of exorcism, and congratulations, we have exorcised a demon. Have you ever personally tried this? Uh, no, because I have never seen someone who's possessed. Actually, when I was a kid, one of my greatest fears was being possessed because Catholic school, and it really puts the literal fear of God in you. Um, so I kept holy water and stuff in my room, and I was in like a- windows and shit too? Uh, no, because they didn't really bring that up. That's also like a very supernatural- addition to things um no but like i would get those books at the library that had like ghost stories in them um because Mm -hmm. i love them yeah but uh they would scare me and then i would be convinced that the book was gonna like bring the devil to me so i would like return them to the library as soon as i possibly could (laughs) yeah it's don't go to catholic don't send your kids to catholic school because they'll end up like me yeah a little bit high-strung and a little bit uh, paranoid. Paranoid. Very paranoid. Yeah. So, um, let's get into our bonus facts. We got bonus facts? We got bonus facts. I said that there was... I said there was exorcisms in every, like, every religion. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Jewish exorcisms? Yes. In Hinduism, exorcism appears to be used primarily in haunting situations. I did some very basic research, and it doesn't appear that they have much of a concept of, like, a possessed human with a demon. Hmm. So it's mostly, like, dead relatives and stuff who won't leave a house. Oh, okay. Um, so they, like, read holy scriptures, um, have pictures of deities around, burn incense, sprinkle water from holy rivers, blowing conches, horns. Blowing conches? What does that yeah. mean? Uh, the noise. I'll get to it when we talk about Jewish exorcism. Uh, it's performed by a rabbi who has mastered a practical Kabbalah. Mastered practical... I don't know what that means. I just wrote it. Um, also present is a group of ten adult males who are de- designated for this purpose. They gather in a circle around the possessed person. The group recites Psalm 91 three times and then the rabbi blows a ram's horn. Um, what is up with the conscious and ram horns? The horn is blown in a certain way with various notes and tones in effect to shatter the body so that the possessing force may be shaken loose. Jesus, that sounds really violent. After it's been shaken loose, the rabbi begins to communicate with it and asks it questions such as why is it possessing the body? Um, the men may pray and perform a ceremony in order to enable the spirit to feel safe so it can leave the body. And I'm going to look up Psalm 91. Yeah, I want to hear it. I, I'm guessing it's the same one that's in the Bible, because it's the Old Testament, and that's where the overlap is. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but do not. But it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. So it's basically like Jesus will protect me. Oh, creepy. I would be the Bible. worst creepy. I'd be the worst preacher in the world. It's like, and then Jesus said this, and then some bullshit, and I, I don't know, bless you all. As yeah, that's there's a pancake it. breakfast after the sermon, so yeah, I'm I out. wouldn't take a break of religious leader. I actually took a career aptitude test once, and it told me like what my best careers and my worst careers are, and it mm. said my absolute worst possible career choice would be um, like as a religious figure, like yeah. to be. Like a priest or not for everybody no certainly not for me all right moving on uh in islam exorcism is used to repair the da- damage caused by black magic uh they're part of a wider body of contemporary islamic alternative medicine islamic exorcisms consist of the treated person lying down while a sheikh places a hand on the patient's head refi- recites verses i almost said curses oh, verses from the quran <laughs> Um, there's sprinkling of holy water. It's, it's just a fucking different version of a Christian one. Like, they're all the same. They're all the same. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have time for this. So, I wanted to tell a couple stories of real life exorcisms. Or possessions, I guess. I mean, Um, and exorcisms, hopefully. Yeah, actually. This first one doesn't end well. Oh. I just want to, like, lead with that. Born in 1952 in West Germany, Annalise Michael. Michelle? Michelle. Michelle. She's German. I don't know. I met a baby today that spoke German. She's, like, not even two. What? I don't know. It's my my boss's kid. Her husband is, and the kid's father is German, so I guess it makes sense. But the, the baby was smarter than me. Anyway, so Annalise had a history of mental illness and suffered from epilepsy. In 1973, at age 20, her symptoms took a turn for the worse. She grew depressed and acted aggressive. She rejected religious iconography, spoke of demonic visions, and heard voices damning her to hell. Annalise's parents were convinced she was possessed. Enter Josef Stengel, a Catholic oh. bishop. Yeah, he's German. I'm going with it. Yeah, I like it. A Catholic bishop who authorized an exorcism on the young woman. Nearly 70 rituals were performed between 1975 and 1976, ultimately leading to Annalise's death. An autopsy uh, report concluded that Annalise had died of malnutrition and dehydration as a result of the exorcisms. In In a highly publicized trial, Annalise's parents and those Catholic officials responsible were convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to six months in jail. That's it? Fuckers. So can you, like, not feed somebody who's being exercised? Like, they uh, just get hungry. Like, I think part of it was that she refused to eat. Oh, well, okay. But they didn't seek medical attention. But um, I have some pictures to show you because this is a podcast, so it's the perfect place for it. Of course. Um. Okay, so that is what she looked like. Okay, yeah. And then when she died... You're not going to like this. 
she looked like that. Oh my god. Holy shit. That's like not starved for a few days. That's like long-term starved. Well, she was severely mentally ill, which like had part to do with it. Just not not good. None of it was good. All bad things. All oh, you're also gonna like this. Is she strangling her? No, she's holding her head. In a strangle type position. I guess a little. Um, so yeah, that's one story. I'll I'll make sure to get those pictures out to you guys somehow, because I'm nice. Um so the story that the Exorcist was based on actually happened to a 14-year-old boy named Robbie Mannheim. He was dubbed Roland Doe at the time to protect protect his privacy. Um, Roland reportedly became possessed by a malevolent entity in Cottage City, Maryland in the late 1940s after trying to contact his late aunt with the help of a Ouija board. Uh, like we fucking said, don't, don't mess with Ouija do boards. Uh, once on- the yeah. Once under the influence, the boy levitated and spoke in tongues. Priests were summoned after more than 30 rituals and a move to Missouri. Uh, he was finally relieved of his otherworldly visitors and even continued a normal life. That's good. I mean, God, how do you be normal after that? Be like, oh, so I went through a period where I was, you know, possessed by a demon, but, you know, now I'm cool. Um, and then our last story is a girl named, uh, Clara Germana Sell, who is a 16-year-old orphan girl from Natal, South Africa. I don't know why I said that weird. My voice is going out. Um, in 1906, she began exhibiting odd behavior. She spoke and understood languages that were previously unknown to her and became sort of a soothsayer who knew things about people she'd never met. So as you remember from prior talking, those are two of the signs yeah. of possession. Big one. Um, witnesses said she exuded superhuman strength and could levitate. They also described her voice as twisting into the tone of a veritable herd of wild beasts orchestrated by Satan. Um, really specific. Well, and it reminds me a lot of when we were talking about the Einfield poltergeist, where uh, that little girl Janet was talking with like the voice of a sixty-five-year-old smoker. Oh yeah, oh, that one is uh, for me. That's like one of the creepiest parts of the whole. Like, I'm glad I finally thing. got to you with something, and it yeah, was that. that. That one. It's oh, God, it's always that. <laughs> yeah. um, later, Seal confessed that she had made a pact with Satan and handed over her body to him. A two-day exorcism was performed, after which the evil was seemingly expunged. I hate that word. Expunged. expunged. Especially if um, you put your hard P on that. Expunged. Expunged. Uh, I think of you every time I call someone a butthole. Butthole. That's a good word. <laughs> um, so that's my basic overview of exorcism. Why we do it, how we do it. <sighs> and I feel like we got in there. We, you know, covered all of our bases. Yeah, and we didn't get too insanely graphic with it. No, not too bad. So if you have been possessed, I guess, <laughs> uh, let us know on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, Instagram, Instagram.com slash, I don't know why I said it like that. I am you are just... All- all over the place. We're on Instagram at Afternoonified, I guess. And Facebook at facebook.com slash getafternoonified. That's also our website, getafternoonified.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can find us on all of our various social media. You can donate money. Yes. If you feel so much. My birthday um, is next week, and by the time this comes out, it will have been 
after a my week. birthday, which means yeah. all you bitches owe me some money. <laughs> and um, I think it's not, uh, it'll probably be out by the time this airs. I'm going to be a guest on the Hosey Hustle with our friend Shane Hosey. Um, yeah, we went through some pitches. Uh, there was a robot butler named Nutsworth. It was... <laughs> Nutsworth? Nutsworth, the orgy oh. robot. Oh, oh. Um, wait, 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 why? Um, okay, yeah, don't explain it here because you gotta... You have to listen. Button. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I know this will be before this happens, on Halloween, October 31st, my new podcast, Boo Ha Ha, with Emily Faye Coleman, you uh, will be... Like uh, yes, it's Boo-ha-ha. required. Um, I, I, it looks really good written down. I just haven't said it out loud a lot. It makes me feel silly. Um, but my new podcast, Boo Ha Ha, will be premiering. Um, it's a monthly, right now, monthly podcast where I have a comedian uh, come listen to me, tell them ghost stories, and they can offer me their commentary. And then we read a listener ghost story at the end. So if you want me to read your ghost story, uh, email that to boohahapod at gmail.com. And if it's like spooky or silly, I'll probably read it. And I'll read it a hell of a lot better than I was reading my notes today. Yeah. I drank a beer, like a really big beer before this. And I drank a, a real big beer on an empty stomach. And also, I took a Midol before that, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Um, well, my voice is gonna shit out on me real soon, so um, until next time, have a happy Halloween, and uh, I love you. Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye. This episode of Afternoonified was brought to you by Emily Working Tirelessly. It was also brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com afternoonified. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including books like The Amityville Horror, which I actually just finished, and it's a really good audiobook, so you should probably give that a try. And you can do that by going to audibletrial.com afternoonified to get your free month trial along with a credit for a free audiobook of your choice. Have fun! Hello friends, my name is Dan Weber and I run a podcast called Reading the Bible with Dan. America's number one most irreverent, heretical look at America's most revered book. Uh, if you want to know more about the Bible, you never don't want to bother reading it, and I don't fucking blame you a bit. Listen to my podcast. We'll go through it line by line, and you'll hear all you'll ever fucking need to know about that tragically terrible fucking piece of literature. So come on. Maybe, you know, we'll talk about shit. We'll talk about the Bible. I'll tell stories. It'll be fucking fantastic, guys. Also, it's vulgar as shit. So if strong language bothers you, go fuck yourself. Anyway, uh, my podcast, Reading the Bible with Dan, learn about the Bible in the only way I can imagine doing it, which is having some foul-mouthed 47-year-old scream shit about it while you do. Uh, Tune in. See you then. Bye.